Welcome everyone to Seek Go Create. This is your host here, Tim Winders, and I am currently located somewhere in Southern Utah. We're recording this around Christmas season. You'll probably be listening in in January, February, something like that. And as most people know, when I'm in the RV, recording at the front here in the studio, it is usually lawn care day in the RV park. I could hear the blowers off in the distance. <laughs> and, and Mary, here they come. <laughs> so anyway, we'll have fun with that. But hang tight. I've got a couple things I want to say, but we've got a great conversation today for those folks that have had a message all their lives and you just want to start getting that message out. I think you're going to get some things out of the conversation today and also just some good old Southern conversation that we're going to have. Get to that in just a moment. I want to remind you that at SeekGoCreate.com, all the resources that you need for the podcast, YouTube, everything we do, they are at that website, SeekGoCreate.com. Extensive notes, detailed timestamp notes, any resources mentioned today will be listed out there. And you can join our email list and stay connected. So go to SeekGoCreate.com. Today, I've got a, I got a really good friend. I've got someone that I'm excited to talk to. I was talking to uh, my wife who kind of runs things for the podcast operations and all that the other day. And I'm going, you know, I don't think I've ever had Mary on the podcast. And she kind of did it. Oh, my God, you've got to get Mary on here. And I don't know why I haven't. But today, I have Mary Snyder as my guest. And She's a friend, fellow podcaster, business person. We've had some cool conversations. She calls herself a speaker, coach, and an event planner. Been doing that for over 20 years. Has a nice long bio, but I'm going to leave it at that. Mary, welcome to Seek Go Create. Thank you so much, Tim. I'm so excited to be here. And like you, I was like, I can't believe we've never done a podcast together. We've been friends for over, t- since before I started the podcast, over two years. So I'm glad to be here. I know. Glad you're here, too. I think we were connected right about the time that the world changed with that virus thing and all, because I think we were in a podcast group. (laughs) Yep. That's how we got to know each other. So anyway, hey, let's have some fun with that. But let me ask my first question, because I didn't give a full extensive bio, because I like to ask this. Mary, if if we're sipping on some sweet tea, or if we're, I don't know, sitting out under a shade tree, or in an air-conditioned room, or something like that, down there in Alabama, and I say, Mary, what do you do? What do you typically tell people? I typically say, I help people craft messages that matter and make a difference, and inspire their audience to action, and get paid to do that. That's what I do. Just get paid because, you know, a lot of people will share a message or an organization has a message, but they need to move their audience to action. Mm -hmm. Just like like I need as a speaker to move my audience to action. You know, if we're just standing up there telling our testimony without a plan, we're just clanging noise. Nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. And I I do want to ask one thing. Maybe this will help frame it as we're getting started. You, You do that primarily in a faith or a Christian-based environment. Do you do it outside that at all? But it's your primary I do. Yes, I actually do. I'm I'm working with, um, I'm beginning to work in with faith people that are in secular markets. So it's, it's hard for me to unpack what I do outside of who I am, which is a Jesus follower. So working with people of faith in their businesses, even though the business may be a secular business, is something that I am beginning to step in because moving an audience to action typically is the same framework within the faith community and without the faith community. We are always looking to move our audience to action. Yeah. And the reason that I like that and, you know, you and I have been around each other, I, I, I can't separate my faith out. I'm, I'm a Uh -uh. business guy. I'm an entrepreneur and, uh, you know, I share a message and I am a follower of Christ. And I I find myself, I actually had someone comment on it. They go, it's really interesting how you don't separate out any of that. And I looked, looked at them like, I don't understand what you mean, separate it out. And and really that marketplace, I mean, that's some fertile ground like that. I mean, I I love the fact that people can go in and speak to churches and share messages and testimonies and all that, but boy, we need some of that out in the world right now, don't we? We absolutely do. In fact, I'm speaking at an event uh, down in South Alabama um, 
first quarter in the first quarter of the year. And the ladies are like, now, some of our people aren't Christians. I'm like, that's okay. <laughs> I can, I can do what I do without offending the non-believer. But at the same time, I'm not going to minimize who I'm, who I am. I mean, I can, Tim, I'm going to be honest with you. I can speak and I'm going to offend somebody somewhere. It just is who I am. I don't mean to. And I do it with a Southern draw. So people are really unsure whether I, they have been offended or they've been complimented. So I just smile and bring them a casserole and it's all good. Yeah. So, so give us a touch point here, Mary. What part of the world do you uh, broadcast from? I am just north of Birmingham, Alabama. So I am I am literally like in the Bible Belt. I would not say the buckle because that's a little bit further to the uh, to the west. But like we are the beginning of the belt. OK, it's us in Georgia. Us. It's Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas. We're the Bible Belt, y'all. There's a church. If there's a corner, there are four churches. The four, not one, four. We got one on eight. And sometimes it's a first Baptist and a second Baptist on the on the same corner. Like we we love us some religion down here. We love us some religion. <laughs> yeah, Mary, that might be one of the reasons I sort of got kicked out a little bit. But we we won't... I can I can understand that. <laughs> yeah, you can understand. We won't we won't get into that right now. Give me give me a big pro and a con to being and you know I'm a southern guy I've tried to I've actually tried to get a little bit of that out of my system I don't know why maybe something I don't know see I, I my my parents are from Mississippi and then um and that's then the I, true style that's it, like it is that's deep. like people that talk like this this is this is people that butter won't melt in their mouth that's the kind of people that's old sugar money is what that is I, I just went to a family reunion here for about three seconds oh my goodness gracious and uh <laughs> yeah it's and then i am really thankful i i had a unique situation recently and in and, and my dad passed and i had to write the obituary and i had to write mm -hmm. some things about his journey in life which was it was i don't want to put a bummer on the conversation but it was actually kind of cool. Yeah. And one of the coolest things I got to say was that uh, in 1961, he graduated from Mississippi State and he went to Columbus, Georgia. And I think to myself, I was born a couple years later. I am really, I'm not saying anything against people in Mississippi. Most of my relatives are there. I am really, really thankful that my dad and mom <laughs> went to Georgia. And that's where I grew up a little bit because I, 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 I kind of see a lot there. But let, let's, let's kind of have a little bit of fun. So what's, what's some of the good stuff about being in the South? And we're going to also say, what's some of the challenges about being in the Deep South? Well, I mean, some of the good stuff is I am just hours away from the best speeches in the world. I will fight you on this. I will throw hands. Okay. I'm going to tell y'all Alabama has the best beaches in the lower 48. I know people are like, there's whoa, no whoa, way. Whoa, whoa. So, so some people are sitting there going, I don't think Alabama actually has beaches. They don't even know. Ding, ding, ding. There's a beat. They don't, they don't see that little sliver. A little bitty sliver. <laughs> trying to get us some beach. We want to grab some, some beach. beach. We got some beach. We got some beach. Um, we also are the home of the very first Mardi Gras, not New Orleans. Y'all just check your history on that. But some of the great things is history. I mean, it is it, my uh, grandson was just um, identified as person of the week in Blount County, Alabama, in the Blount County. He was born in Blount County, but not in the city, Aniana, which is where the paper is done. They made really a good point to reference. He has been a, a member of the city and has lived in the city for only five years. Child's only 11, okay? But but this is the South, y'all. We had a woman die. She was 97 years old. Count them nine and a seven, okay? It's been many years ago, but she had come here as a World War II bride. She came to Blunt County, Alabama, and Oniana, that's the way you say it if you're old school. I say Oniana because I'm not old school. And in her obituary, it identified that she was not a native of the county. She had moved here in 1946. I was like, y'all, she done been here more than she was. A, it, but it is very important in this part of where I live, because I live in rural Alabama, that 
who are your people? And when you meet people, that's the first question you're going to be asked. Who are your people? I would often say, you don't know them. And then people would challenge me on that. So I learned to say, because I've only lived, I've lived in rural Alabama for over 30 years, but I learned to say, oh, my people are from um, Huntsville. And I would just list off a bunch of names and invariably they knew somebody. They knew some. And that's the fun to me of living in the South. We also have really good food. We have excellent food, y'all. Like, can we talk about cheese grits and shrimp and grits and just grits in general? You can't get those other places. I'm a big grit fan. I'm a big grit fan. But how do oh. you, uh, this this could be controversial here. Let's go ahead and go here. How do you, okay. take, your, how do you take your grits? I'm a savory grit person now. Sweet, I will tell you. I'm a sweet grit. Oh, you're I'm a sweet, sweet grit. grit. Okay. I'm sweet grit. I, I grew up with a mother who was a sweet grit. So, and listen, we would eat rice with sugar on it because that would be a breakfast item. And we ate chocolate at dinner, but gravy. You could do it, but you could do it at dinner, you could too. Do it, you could, you could do it at dinner. Like a dessert. It was like, yeah, oh, yeah. Rice pudding. My mother wouldn't go all out to rice pudding. She just put some sugar and butter on it. But that stuff was awesome. But chocolate gravy, which is just... My mother told me for years she did not know how to make that. I grew up and I figured out she had lied to me for many, many, many years. Chocolate gravy is easy, y'all. Um, but my grandmother would make it for me. So whenever I would go to her house, I would get chocolate and biscuits. Those are the kind of things I love about being in the South. It's just our little downtown in Aniana that I mentioned where my daughter um, and grandkids live. They will shut the town down. Y'all, I mean... The entire town, like the courthouse where business is done, like legal business, to go to the state football playoffs. That's just how we roll. We shut down Main Street the other day because it was Christmas parade. It's a major thoroughfare through our county. Shut her down. I don't care if you got a tractor trailer coming through. We got Christmas to do, people. And that's what I love about it. It's just, it has a little bit of that Mayberry feel with a whole lot of that southern gossip stuff built into it you just have to avoid that part yeah it's it's like three or four thoughts that run through my head first of all i'll just say this i would love to see the negotiations that went on between the folks that set up the territory in alabama and the folks that were kind of fighting down in that panhandle of florida for that beach that y'all got down there. oh <laughs> could you imagine that battle what, what did that look that was, like listen florida got the most of it you know it was yeah. the it was the, it was the spaniards and the the seminole indians and they got the bulk of it but alabama got this little stretch of beach it's from Orange Beach is or Perdido Bay is where it goes from Perdido Bay all the way to the fort, which is Fort Morgan, which was a major fort during uh, the Civil War. And that beach is pristine. And if you don't, but y'all don't go there because we don't want any more people. Well, we've stayed there and have. It's you know, beautiful. There's a, there's a demarcation point there, and I think they call it Florabama, which is. That's a, right. Which is That's a right. fine establishment that was made out of tents and. And, 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 you know, plastic tarps and all that. The hurricane wiped it out, and they <laughs> built it back just like that, I think. They put her something. <laughs> the floor, bam, it's the best place you can go to throw a mullet. Um, yeah. And, you know, yes. what's interesting about that, Mary, it's kind of cool that you talk about just small town, is that as Glory and I have traveled, there's one of the things that we've recognized, and that is, and I think other people realize this. Now, in the Deep South, it's different, but small town is small town. Because yeah. we were traveling somewhere across Colorado the other day, and they had it closed. It was a small town. They had it closed down for the Christmas parade. Now, they probably didn't have grits there, which, you know, obviously there's some lack. Sorry. There's some issues <laughs> going on. But we've just noticed that what nourishes our souls is the difference between big cities, urban, yeah, small towns. And that's the two things that for yes. us really determines and so for for folks listening in i guess i want to say you're not quite going to ever reach that mecca of the uh the small town in the south but see i grew up in a small town that got swallowed up by atlanta oh yeah i had to answer this question recently what was it like in your childhood and i said i think that i grew up in kind of the end of the age of innocence it was small town. It was right around, uh, you know, right around Atlanta. We were small town, and then sometime in the late '70s, early '80s, about the time I was finishing high school, Atlanta just said we're taking over, and yeah, they just they kept just coming out. Now I think blossomed. Atlanta, of course, Atlanta's coming for Alabama too. So y'all better watch. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> it really is. It really is. So, so one thing that's cool about this, Mary, is oh, let's do a flip side. Let's say, okay, what are some of the downside? Well, let's kind of let's go ahead. If we're gonna say good, yeah, we have to uh, say what's the hard part. And and we can't say um, humidity. Humidity is one thing. That's one of the reasons why we stay out west a lot. Humidity because... and mosquitoes. I completely get that. <laughs> Bugs. Okay, outside of the outside of the summer temperatures, um, and we'll stay with people. The, there is, you, and I'm trying to gauge this right. I've traveled a lot internationally and, um, and nationally and within the U.S. A lot of people within small towns have not. So you do get a very limited worldview sometimes. Mm. Um, and you have to be careful. We just had a big to-do. I mean, it was a to-do uh, at the Baptist, at the, I'm sorry, at the Methodist church. Baptist wouldn't have this mess. Um, oh, be careful there because you almost stepped on a landmine. <laughs> almost. <laughs> but they uh, disenfranchised themselves from their, the mother because of just some um, decisions that the larger church made over inclusivity. Now, I'm going to go on the record and say I'm an inclusive person and I'm an ally. That's what I firmly believe. Um, I believe that the, the Lord preached love. And I think that we can walk in that. I, we'll let Jesus sort out all the sins when we get up to heaven. Listen, I just need to worry about myself. I don't need to be judging somebody else's issues. I got my own bunch of junk. But it was a major to-do. The current major to-do we have going on is somebody wants to open a medical marijuana um, uh, packing plant or, yeah. yeah, some type of facility. You would have thought that they were going to be riding on a flatbed truck slinging that stuff off like candy at a Christmas parade. And I oftentimes find myself just biting my tongue. I said in Sunday school, we have Sunday school, y'all. You can call it small group if you want to. Um, but if you're fancy, you can call it small group. Um, you meet on Sunday, you're a small group. It's called Sunday school. Um, but I am I said back, it's been several months ago, I said, y'all know that Democrats can go to heaven, right? There was a silence in that did room they, that was Did they kick me. you out? I mean, are you still going to that church? <laughs> did they change your letter? Did they move your letter somewhere else? <laughs> There was, I'm sure there was a meeting. I'm sure there was a meeting. It's like the meeting they had when I said, no, y'all, that really was wine. Jesus turned the water into. It was not grape juice. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says. Pastor, you're wrong. My pastor loves me. Um, and so those are the challenging things because you are fighting against, um, for a believer, you're fighting against tradition. It's not, it's not what the word of God says. And you are also dealing with people that have a limited worldview and because they've been limited in the people they've gotten to know. I've been blessed to get to travel and meet a wide array of people in every walk of life. And people are people, hmm. no matter what their skin color, their um, orientation, um, what they declare themselves to be, who they believe and, and who they worship, they're people. And we're a messy bunch of folks. And so that's the that's probably the biggest challenge is being a little bit um, having a broader view and a very narrow viewed place. But there's a few of us here. We band together. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with that. And but, you know, going back to what I mentioned earlier, I, we, we actually noticed that in traveling some places outside of the South, too. Yeah, I, I remember it's small this. town mentality is what I'm seeing. It is. So I found it in the Pacific Northwest. Well, that's what I was about to say. We were we were heading, you know, buzzing up through the middle of California, heading to Oregon, mm -hmm. and we popped over into Oregon, and I all of a sudden saw some stars and bars, Confederate flags that had not seen in the state of Georgia because they, you know, they kicked that out a while back. Yes. And going, What's going on? And we went into a little town called Grants Pass, Oregon, which is which is really cool little town, by the way. You would love it because it fits a lot of the cultural things we've been talking about. This is Oregon, middle mm -hmm. of Oregon, Southern Oregon. Yes. And I asked, uh, asked this lady that was cutting my hair. I said, so what's up? I said, I'm from Georgia here. What's up with all the stars and bars, Confederate flags around? And she goes, oh, well, we just want to support y'all. I'm going, just don't say y'all, but. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> but but <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to do that. It's okay. But uh, but I, I think that's interesting, though, Mary. You know, you're talking about people being open 
versus being narrow. And I think getting out helps. And, and I think what's cool yeah. about the conversation is that is that there's pros and cons to both. And mm-hmm. um, I do like some of that culture but I also like to expand. Now, one of the things I picked up on, I wrote down something on my notepad. I wrote down the word storyteller as you were talking. <laughs> and, and I think it applies to our bigger theme that we're going to be talking about, which is getting your message sure. out. But it is pretty obvious that you are a storyteller. And I just, I did something recently where I was studying the communication styles of Jesus and how he dealt with the Pharisees and the wolves of the day. And, you know, he told parables and stories. He was a story. Yeah. He's a storyteller. Teller. Have you always been a storyteller? I, I assume I have been. I mean, because if you ask me like where I got my shirt, I'm going to tell you a story. If you, you comment you on any, you just can't tell me the story. You're not going to say I got it down to the five and dime. And no, there's going to be a whole thing about how I was going somewhere. We were doing something. I've always felt like, but that's also, I grew up with women that did that. I sat at the table with my mother and my aunt and my aunt would be chain smoking Virginia Slims and, and they drank coffee. Like there was no tomorrow. They were never liquor drinkers, but if it was, I mean, they could drink some coffee all day long and too, right? All, all, day all day and all night and leave it in a percolator on the stove and then heat that sucker back up. That stuff was stout, but they would sit and, and all they would do was tell stories. Like you would say, and I would ask a question. I was like, well, tell me, because they always would say Miss Atkins. I was like, well, who was Miss Atkins? And so then I got to learn all about Miss Atkins. You could just ask them one little question and you just sit back because they're going to roll. And it's just who raised me. My grandmother was the same way on both sides. There was always a story. Um, And it's 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 what the Bible is. If you look at the Bible, it's a collection of stories and stories move our hearts. If you think about, if I tell you, um, Hey Tim, I want you to give me $10 because I want to do X. You're going to go, no, or you may give me $10. If I said a thousand, you'd probably be. But if I told you a story about someone in my community who just moved here, and this is actually a true story from Florida, they were homeless living in their car, has two little kids, and we are trying to come together as community and serve them. These are the things we need. And I give you a list of those needs based on what those children's needs. And I tell you the story of not a sad story, but a story of resilience of someone who made their way all the way to this little town. You're going to be more likely to lean in and listen. Because if I just tell you, I need a thousand dollars to help these people, Okay, but who are we helping and why? Mm. Think about the commercials you watch. They're all stories. Come on, Budweiser. Let's just all high-five Budweiser and the Clydesdales. That's the only reason I watch the Super Bowl. I haven't watched the Super Bowl and I don't know when, but... uh, I just watch the commercials afterwards. That's what I did. You know, one of the things that I... I like to say with that, I mean, it's kind of like um, this little bit of a war term, but you're, you're softening the beachhead. You know, if we jump on the line and you say, hey, give me give me some money, it's kind of like, eh, but you know what? If you tell some story, I let my guard down. I'm able to relate. You're, you're appealing to my soul. You're appealing yes. to who I am, the humanity in me. And, and unfortunately, I think that's something that bothers a lot of us in the world we're in today, especially with some of the digital and things like that, is that is that a lot of it is entertaining, but sometimes it's it's more challenging to do that. I think really, I mean, we're right now on a on a video call. I would love right. to be sitting down with you. In fact, how big's your driveway? Can we pull this thing in your driveway? Well, you right. could, but I couldn't get my car out, so that would be be challenging. We, <laughs> we live on a dead end. We can put it out at, at our other oh, person, okay. down good, at the good. end. Yeah, we'll put it down at the end. Right. We'll block but, those people in. But but I don't know, I don't know if it's the age I'm at or something like that. But I'm I'm actually getting more and more. I'm desiring more and more sitting down face to face with people. Yes. And and I love that we're able to do this right here. This is really cool. We've got this technology, and we're able to FaceTime with you know grandchildren and all that kind of stuff. All that's cool. But right. But that kind of leads into really 
part of what you do. I know people do things digitally and all that kind of stuff, but but you work with people that are still getting up in front of crowds where there are bodies yes. sitting out. I hate to say bodies, but people, flesh. People, that's humans. Sitting out there. So that that's still a thing. People are out getting speaking in front of people still, huh? Absolutely. And it's something I do. I don't do it as often as I used to because I'm a coach and a consultant now. So I do it more in a more professional setting, but I will tell you, it feeds my spirit. And I teach and coach people to stand up in front of an audience because we have more than our voice. We are more than our voice. It is how we look at the audience. It's how we use our body to move. It's how we use that stage. There is so much more to speaking than just the words coming out of your mouth. The power of communication is a full body craft. It is much like acting or any type of performance. Although I always want to say, and I teach because I'm a Jesus follower, if God has called you through this, then you better be letting the Holy Spirit work through this. Because if not, you're just standing up there and you are, as I said earlier, a clanging symbol. You're noise. Nobody wants to hear noise. Yeah. And does the world really need more noise? I ask myself that no. question at times before I no. flip on and do things. Do we really need more noise? There's a lot of it out we there. We don't. You know, Tim, we we I think we need more of what you said. We need more face-to-face community. Um, we blamed COVID, but let's, let's go backwards a little bit. We can blame COVID all we want, but we were moving in this direction. I want to ask you a question. This is a question I love to ask, and I want your listener to also lean into this. 20th century, so in the 1900s, what was the single invention that changed the way we communicate and live as a society. Not communicate, but live as a society. The single invention. Hmm. I'm a uh, single invention. I mean, I'm kind of a history guy too, but I'm drawing a blank because I know that books were already around. Phonograph? Mm-hmm maybe was around telephone mm-hmm. was late 1800s i don't know drawn to blank air conditioning <laughs> air which, conditioning which I'm made thoroughly us convi- go inside thoroughly convinced that people wouldn't have lived in the south if it weren't for air conditioning. No, <laughs> nobody'd be moving no, <laughs> no no well we built our houses different we had the big transoms and everyone sat outside around At, the shade tree in, right yeah in the shade tree or on your porch And if you lived in town, you sat on your big porch with your big oscillating fan just spinning up top, drinking tea. And you sat out there in the afternoon and in the evenings, the hottest part of the day. That's when everybody was coming home from work and women were walking. People were talking. You did life outside. Women did life outside. It changed. It is the single thing that changed the way we live particularly in small town America, because we went inside, we turned the lock, we turned on the AC, we turned on the TV, the telephone, the phonograph, and you just keep going forward. And we stopped doing life with people. Mm. And, and that has evolved. We see the evolution of that through the internet. I mean, when I first started speaking, Tim, I sent people flyers in the mail, like the Neanderthal that I am. Uh, You know, we may come back to that. I mean, I learned a lot of my marketing chops from a direct mail marketing guy, Dan Kennedy. And so, uh, you know, and those principles still apply. Still apply. There may be a time where we need to get us a good mailing list. Well, listen, I'm a firm believer. Listen, if you're listening to this and you are an aspiring speaker or someone that wants to grow a business and you don't have an email list, you stop what you're doing right now and you go start one. I had a friend, his name is Carlos Whitaker. You may know him as Lost Wit um, on Instagram. He has a huge following. Well, Instagram went belly up, you know, a few weeks ago, and he lost like 60,000 followers just like that. Because when you clicked on it, it said he didn't exist anymore. And it was a glitch. They fixed it. He got his followers back, but it scared him so much 
that he went and created an email list. Not that his people hadn't been saying, you need an email list. But it it he realized right now with TikTok, I know people that have two and three million followers on TikTok. TikTok is get now this may be prophetic. Y'all can call me out, but it's already been outlawed in on federal devices. So you can't have it on a federal device. Um, I don't know if it's going away in the US. I, I just know I wouldn't, I would not put my eggs all in that basket. And that's why what I teach is I teach people how to share their message in person. You can still do it digitally, but learn how to do it on a stage. And then you can use that in a digital space, but you have to learn how to command the audience. And when I say command, I mean, command their attention. You have to captivate them because right here in my hand, I hold a endless entertainment. And if you bore me for just a second, I'm peace out and I'm over here scrolling on my phone. I might look like I'm taking notes. I'm not taking notes. I'm scrolling. You're scrolling. So don't and I think I saw you doing that a second ago. Were you getting bored? Were you already? Yeah, bored? I was. I was. No, my <laughs> people were texting the crap out of me. Oh, I said crap on your show. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. We're going to have to get the uh, not clean we'll get- uh, thing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's going to be tough here. So, so Mary, I want to back up just a little bit. How, at what point, you know, I asked if you were a storyteller growing up and you said you grew up around it. At what point do you recall getting on your first stage? And and I'd really like to know a little bit of your, I don't know if history is the right word, but just a little bit of background yeah. that that has made Mary, you know, who she is. And I know you do all types of things. You you host events and you, I've, I've seen, you know, I follow you on all the socials and you're you're an MC and all of that. And, and I love all that stuff because I, I kind of do some similar things. But wh- mm-hmm. what was the beginning? Where did it start? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, we could go back to sixth grade when I wrote a musical called Keep America Singing, but you, we won't you go. You wrote it? You wrote I it? I wrote a musical. Mm-hmm. Gosh. Is it on Broadway yeah. yet? Has it made it? Yes, absolutely. It, oh it, it, it Well, it only played once. It was a single performance. It did <laughs> close after the first night. But yes, we can go way back that far. But I was probably, it's been 25, 30 years ago. I was, you know, a mom raising kids. I knew I had been at something and I knew beyond the shadow of the doubt, God said, this is what you will do. And I will tell you what the world said. And people that I knew when I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'll never forget a dear friend looked at me and she said, well, do you think you're Beth Moore or something? I was devastated because I never, I mean, I did try to be Beth Moore. When I first started speaking, I would do something in the Greek. I always had, I was like, now we're going to look at this word in the Greek. Like I even knew what I was saying. It was all Greek, out of context. What con- does that mean? What is Greek? I don't even know Greek. <laughs> it was anyway. all out of context. It was so bad. <laughs> but that's what she did. So that's what I did. But, but this is, and I want your listener to hear this. If you know that God has said, I want you to share this with the world. The world will typically say, wow, that's super prideful. You want to put yourself above everyone else. You want to stand on a stage and speak over everyone. I'm going to tell you, just you tune that out. Because when you step on a stage to deliver a God-given message, there is no more larger call to be a servant. Because you are serving that audience. Your, Your job there is to take them through the story and show them what God can do in their life. This has nothing to do with you. So when people begin to push on it and you start feeling that, well, maybe I just want to be on there because I want to be famous. Well, first of all, if you want to be famous, go do something else. Um, But don't listen to the world. Listen to the Holy Spirit. I think there are so many communicators, so many speakers that aren't using their voice because they feel like, and this is for the women, because you guys don't struggle with this the way we do. Listen to me, ladies. Use your voice. Preach, teach, speak, share, use your voice. God did not gift you and equip you to put a 
basket over your light and sit in a corner. So don't feel like that you are being prideful to want to step onto the stage. So it's the opposite of pride. And, and right now, we, we, this is the whole world needs your message because God works through his people individually. He's equipped you with this message and it's someone. And I just said one, because that's all we're worried about is the one person you're supposed to serve, the one person I'm supposed to serve. Others will come along, but if you don't step up and share that message and you're her hope because God's equipped you to be her hope. He's using you to minister to her. If you don't do it, God's going to give that assignment to someone else. So don't miss your assignment. Yeah, oh, I felt like I just preached a little ooh, bit. I was about to, I was about to say something. I said, "Nope, she's going. She's going here." So, <laughs> you know, you you um, I I want to come back to that because, and I want to let uh, the person listening in know. I'm going to probably ask you some steps to get started in just a moment. But there was something you said that I, I think triggered a question that I have because I actually wrote down before I ever started. I wrote down the word ego, and and I may have shared this with you. I don't know, but you brought it up, so we're going to go down there. We're going to go into the difference between men and women. Yes. And uh, and and for some reason, men have either been trained. It's cultural. We're narcissists. I don't know what. I don't. There could be all type mm. reasons. We have this thought that people just want to hear what we have to say. I don't, I don't know if I said that exactly right. What I'm, what I'm really should have said was that, that we have the right to get up on a stage and speak. Yes. Um, but you said on the flip side, women in general feel as if they do not. I think some of that's some baked in religion. We can go down that path oh. if you want to. Yes. But, but I do want to, I do want to ask this question because this is what I noticed. I think I shared this with you with a, with a business and some other things I did. I was pretty much on a stage speaking to people five nights a week for 10 years in the nineties, doing some multi-level marketing, sometimes 20 people, sometimes 200. And I really was able to develop my speaking chops. So there is no level of uncomfortableness with standing up in front of people. But Mary, I noticed that that can really feed my ego. Yeah. So I'm just I'm going to just kind of throw out the word ego and what do we need to be mindful of? If you're just talking to men, you can go ahead and bust me up if you really want to. You know, I'll let you. But 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 there is a certain degree of once you get up on stage and hold a mic. I don't know. I think sometimes women have it a little bit differently. But I could tell you what, man, I was all that and more than a bag of potato chips when I got a mic in my hand. So I actually have to be cautious now. And I think I'm being cautious, unfortunately, to the wrong degree. I think the Lord is nudging me to get back out. But mm-hmm. I'm just going to set that up for you, share whatever you want to after I after I brought that up. Well, you make an excellent point because I have an incredibly strong personality and I've never met a microphone I didn't love. I know Tim. Tim is making faces at me. Just I'm so shocked. For the audio version. Yes, he's stunned. I've never met a microphone I did not love. I have testified in court. I love that microphone. I grabbed it and leaned in. That's not something you typically do when you're testifying in court. And the judge even said, oh, but I just need the people to hear me. So I have to watch out for the ego part too. Anyone who has the type of personalities we do, which are big, bold, leader personalities, um, you can go Enneagram, you can do whatever you want to do with that, but it's that that extrovert, that Enneagram eight, three, it's that person that we, we command attention and there's nothing wrong with that. As long as we keep it in check, it's when the stage becomes more about us than about them. And I've been there. I've stepped on the stage and thought, I got this. I don't need to prepare. I don't need to pray. I don't need to prep. I can entertain these people for 20 or 30 minutes. And I did, but that's all I did. There was no meat to that. It was just laughter, a little bit of humor. But you know what? They didn't invite me back. Hmm. And that says a lot because I usually get invited back. So so for, go ahead, Tim. Well, I was going to say that keeping in check is interesting because I, I, I think 
Something you said earlier, you said make sure that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and working through you. Uh, Amen. I don't, I don't know if that's kind of where you're going, but but I guess give a little bit more. I'm almost letting you say yep. coach, coach Tim a little bit here. It's like how does one keep it in check? Because it is a drug. I'm telling you, getting up in front of people oh. and hearing an applause and people saying, "Oh man, that was awesome." That 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 is one of the most intoxicating drugs that are out there. For me, it is at, it for me too. I mean, like margaritas or applause. I'm going applause all day long. Um, martinis. I might no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but here's what I say, and this is something I struggle with. So it's something I do daily is that I don't step on a stage. I don't, I don't step on a stage until I take a moment and a deep breath and say, Jesus, you have got to go before me. Cause you know, beyond a shadow of any doubt that I am going to step up here and make this all about me. And if I can just, just pray that just moments before I step on stage. And it's in, and even beyond that, Tim, it's a daily walk of humility that I remind myself that this is a place of service, not a place of pride, that this is where I'll serve. I recently got invited to speak, do a workshop. And I was talking to a friend and she goes, well, I'm not doing it because I'm, I'm not doing it if they don't let me do the, the, the uh, keynote. And I was like, oh, and I almost went there with that. I'm going to be honest with you. I got the invite and I was like, well, I'm, why am I not keynoting? There's four keynotes. Why am I not one of them? I'm one of like 20 workshops. And the Lord said, mm-hmm. excuse me, Missy. And I reminded myself that I am here to serve. Sometimes that's in a workshop. Sometimes that's in a keynote. Sometimes I'm the only one speaking or sometimes I'm in a group of 30. Now, I also want to caution you and anyone listening. That doesn't mean every time somebody asks you, you say yes. It does mean you take everything in through the Holy Spirit. You have that conversation and then you go out. Don't miss your assignment because you're afraid of your sin nature being more than God can handle because it's not. You and I deal with the same ego thing. We deal with the, now the, the, Now we're going to go men and women. Ladies, if you're over 40 or 40, plus, and maybe even younger, depending on where you live, there's this whole thing that says we can't preach and teach over men. I, I just don't believe that. Now, I'm not going to get into a theological debate with you about it. If you want to DM me later, you can. We can have a conversation. But I don't believe that. And I believe that women, if God did not want us to speak, he would not have given us mouths. And he would not have given us this burning desire to share messages and for some of you to preach his word. He doesn't give that to you just to make you miserable. He gives that to you because he wants you to do something with it. So go speak, teach preach, do what God's calling you to do. And then we'll, and I'm going to give Tim his show back because I've just wrenched it from it. Well, the, no, the, the thing I like <laughs> about that is that recently, even I've just talked about some leadership, we'll call them failures from 99.99% of these have been males that are heading up churches, organizations, et cetera. And part of it goes back to this ego thing we were talking about earlier. You know, they do fine when they just get it started. It's, you know, small, it's humble, all that kind of stuff. Then all of a sudden they've got a a mega whatever and the ego gets out of check. It's really interesting though, in general, you don't hear about females having that. I'm sure it's there. It can happen. However, in general. And so, and so I am in total agreement and I'm in total agreement, and I know that there's someone listening in that they, they've they got something that they need to say. And so I'm kind of watching time here, Mary, because you and I can go all day, but I know we've got sweet tea to drink and other stuff to do here. And, and I'm trying to, I'm racing against the blowers that are about to be right outside the RV here. I, I would love in the, in the last few minutes that we have here for us, for you, to, to coach, encourage, whatever the right, teach, whatever the right thing is. Talk to the person that right now 
they're, they may be frustrated. They may be thinking, you know what, for 10 years now, for five years, for the last five minutes, I know I've been supposed to start something like this. And I am going to ask you to make it, uh, and I know you could do this, make it more generic, male or female. Let's just kind of take, sure. since, we've yeah. did, since we've flushed that out of the way, yeah. let's just go generic. Someone feels as if they've got a message of some type. They need to share their faith, testimony, whatever. What's, what's some first steps for you? And then I'm going to ask a few more steps before we finish up. So kind of be ready for okay. that. Got it. First step, what's your message? What, 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 did, what does God want you to share? Number two, and that's, and I want you to flesh that out. I want you to put that on paper. God wants me to share my journey through. Maybe you, maybe you lost everything. Kind of the Tim Winder story. Maybe you lost everything and God used it to show you, but what did he use to show you? So your testimony and how God used it. So your testimony, how God used it. Number two, who is the message for? One person, just one. I want you to deep dive on who that message is for. I want you to know who you're speaking to, down to how old they are, how many kids they have, where did they go to, or did they go to school? What kind of education? What kind of work do they do? Do they attend church? What kind of church? Maybe they're secular. Maybe they're, maybe they don't, maybe they're an atheist. Who are you speaking directly to? Those two things are the foundation of building a speaking career or ministry. Yeah, and and that really goes even to sometimes people that might want to go into writing and things like yeah. that. What are some clues that might let someone know what their message might be? And I'm going to ask the same thing about who it's for, too, because I think so many of us, um, you know, one of my big sayings I like to say is, thou shalt not fool thyself. But so many of us fool ourselves. You know, we, we actually copy people. We copy Beth Moore and we tell stories yeah. of Beth Moore. And I've been to ministries and Bible school where I heard people still tell salvation stories. And I would say, is that your salvation story? And it wasn't. It was the head of the Bible schools, but they kept telling it like it was theirs because I think people are copycats. What are some clues of what their message might be? That's such a great question, Tim. Number one is... What has God done in your life? I, you know, it, and it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be, I lost everything. Or, I mean, I had a brain aneurysm. I'm still here just in case you're checking in. But um, but before that, and that was only like six years ago. Before that, I was a speaker. I didn't have a big story. I talked about relationships because that was really important to me. What What is important to you? What is the, and here's a couple of things. Do, is there something that people come to talk to you about? Are, there, are you the person everybody comes to to talk about? How do you have a great marriage? How do you be a good dad? How are you a good mom? How do you deal with those teenagers? How do you overcome a loss? How do you get through, you know, a difficult childhood? Think about those things. And then think about, and, and if those are like, Mary, I don't know, then let's go another route. What are the what are the stories in the Bible that just resonate with your soul? Because there's a reason they resonate with you. And where's the correlation? Maybe it's Daniel in the lion's den. And it's like facing basically lions. Maybe you work for in an organization or in a company where it is like, you know, dog eat dog. And how you step above that. So, those are just some things to kind of work out and walk through. Yeah. The interesting thing about that, you, you brought it up and I, we've, we've gone through this. I've gone through this because I love talking leadership and business and blah, 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 you know, but, but it was fascinating. I went through a, a PR, I was at a PR summit that, that we were sharing our story with people and I was talking leadership and blah, blah, blah. And then I would kind of throw in this statement at the end. I said, and my wife and I are essentially homeless nomads. We live in an RV and travel all the time. And so all these PR people that have shows and all that, they go, tell me more about that. And it was just like, you know, the fortunate thing is I was able to do that over a compressed period of time, you know, like three or four sessions. I was able to talk to like 60 people. And I finally went, huh. So, you know what? I don't think people really, I, I think they do want leadership and stuff like that eventually. But the hook. That's right. 
is that we once we lived in a 6,000 square foot house. We lost all our company's businesses and now we travel and live in an RV. And so, but, but I mean, you, I mean, one of the things I know you've got in your process is you help people move along because I, I actually have this theory that sometimes, well, I do think that some people immediately know, but I think that some people have to peel away some layers and that's part of yes. your process. I'm guessing, or your group, yes. I know you've got a group and all that too, that we'll mention yes. later, but is that, is that what you see? Absolutely. A lot of people that come through, I do a course and they will go through the course and then come out the other side and say, Mary, I love what I learned, but I know that I'm supposed to be used my speaking to build this business. Listen, if you are doing anything in the business world, you need to know how to share a message. It matters. So I found, I have one gal who came through and now she's a singer songwriter, but she learned how to tell great stories. And that works in that world. It's, it's, it is that pulling back the layers. Tim, if I'd have asked you 25 years ago, where are you going to be in 25 years? Would you have said a nomad? Living no. in an RV down by the river? No. no. <laughs> we and are down most by the river. People would, yeah, that's good. But most people would not say that. Don't minimize your dream. And that's what I tell people is don't limit it. You know, where you want to be, it's okay to dream, but it's okay to change. If you'd have asked me 25 years ago, I was going to be, you know, this very famous, well-known speaker. I was on the track. I jumped off the track. I figured out I love the logistics and the coaching. I still love to speak. I love to teach. And I love to train. But don't get so focused on one thing that you miss the thing that God has for you. And I think that's what you're saying, Tim, is that yeah. peeling back those layers. The cool thing, you were you used the word earlier, assignment. I wrote wrote it down when you yes. said it. And I I'm real big. That's a that's an important word for me. I think what is my assignment in the kingdom of yes. God? And what's fascinating is that many times what we think our assignment is may not be the exact assignment he has for you. No. I think it's fascinating, Mary, that you brought up that you were gonna be and, and this goes back to our personalities we talked about earlier, spotlight on me. I'm the big yep. speaker. I'm this marquee. Yep. My name's under the lights. Yep. But now isn't it interesting how God has you coaching, teaching, training others Yes. to get their message out? So your name is still there, but, uh, you know, it might actually be real small or sometimes it might not, might not even be mentioned, darn it. It's fine. It's and that's the way it's supposed to be. I had somebody say, and this was stunning, spoke a word over me. You can believe that spoke a word thing or not. But, you know, she spoke a word over me and she said, I see you as a matriarch of so many messages. And then and then the part of me that just so y'all know, I have children, but they will tell you their father's a much better mother than I am. I, I'm just I'm not an, I'm not an empathetic person. I mean, I'm a bootstrap girl. Just like dust yourself off. Let's go. But for her to say that, I felt like, you mean I got to mother all these people? Because you know I'm not good at that, Jesus. But that wasn't it. It was that I get to walk alongside them. My name will never be mentioned. And that's okay. My name will never be a part of their story. Not to their audience. Maybe in their heart. And they may forget me altogether. And that's okay. I have an assignment to help the kingdom. My assignment is to help equip the messengers. That's what I'm called to do for this season. Who knows what God's going to do next? Yeah, well, I think I think that's discipleship. That's discipling yeah. people. You're taking skills, talents that you have, and then you're sharing it. And that's how God's kingdom works you know yep. I, I think the other kingdom is all about me it's all about what I want what I need and I do right. think that it's it's powerful that we're able to do that and you're and you're you're duplicating not yourself you're duplicating the message and multiplying things so, yes so yes that is really cool um, one more I guess little technical question because I I know that the things you mentioned earlier the steps would be what's your message and then who is it for? What are some clues related 
to that that someone might want to might want to be mindful of you said something earlier that might be part of it and that is who's coming to you asking stuff who's coming to you asking and what did you need because i'm speaking to who i was when i started take the stage which is my podcast and the whole thing it really was what i needed 25 years ago it's what i was looking for so think about what you've struggled with what god's brought you through what god has taught you what did you need before that struggle began? What were some of the things that would have helped you along the way? Not that we're going to minimize what God did in your life, because that is absolutely not what we're doing, but we're going to help people. So oftentimes we are speaking to ourselves, but many years before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's kingdom work because we don't want to keep repeating. And I know Jesus sits up on his throne, all three of them, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, or if you're Southern, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Um, and they're all up there. We started to call them the Holy Spirit because the Holy Ghost scared us. We always thought it was a ghost. Um, but, and there's a whole story with blue ceilings, and I'm not going to get into that, but there you go. Um, but I've always seen they sit up there and go, you know, they, you think they people, I mean, we keep giving them chances to figure this out. And they just keep making the same mistakes. So let's help the person coming behind you not make all the mistakes that you made, not make all the mistakes I made or all the mistakes Tim made. Let them just cut it down by 1%, you know, just one of the many. And then think about that evolution is that they're going to help the next one not make 2% of the mistakes. And so we're never going to reach perfection, but we are going to get closer to Jesus when we do that. Yeah, I love that because that's one thing, one of the things that Glory and I have kind of come to terms with that in many ways, the people we communicate with are ourselves 20 years ago, 15 years mm-hmm. ago. Before yeah. we went through a lot of the challenges and issues, we just wish we could have spoken some things in our ear at that time. Say, you know what? Uh, you need to prepare for some stuff. Kind of be ready. And, yes. and so I do I do agree that is uh, that's powerful. So um, take the stage. You've got podcast. You've got training, and everything. tell it. Tell me all that you've got available, and uh, and then we'll also include all those links and everything, and sure. uh, so that people will know where to go to find you. Well, we have take the stage, and it is a podcast. It's a free. It's 125 episodes of me talking about all the ins and outs of speaking, everything from crafting your message, how to create an opening, how to stand on stage, how to how to open a message. I mean, how to do the transition. Everything is in that podcast. So jump over there, look through, see where you want to start. Second is um, is the Take the Stage Speakers Group. It's a free Facebook group. I do literally do coaching in there. So if you have a one sheet and you want some feedback, put it up. I'm happy to give feedback. Then I have Activate, which is Activate Your Speaking Career. And you can find out about that by going to my website and it's maryrsnyder.com very very simple just don't forget the r because if you forget the r you end up at some chick who sells some uh really nice oceanside property in the jersey shore i can't afford it maybe you can i don't know if but she gets real tired of getting my emails i'm just real tired i've tried to buy her website on more than one occasion so really that's i have free resources at the uh, maryrsnyder.com. Um, I have an email list. So all of that is available. Um, I really just want people to to try the free stuff, Tim, because that's where you get to know me in that group and see if I'm somebody that you want to, to do life with, that I'm somebody that you'd be interested in helping you build a message. Because you may meet me and go, no, I don't want her. And if not, just don't tell me because I get my feelings hurt real easy. So that's there right. you go. Well, uh, somehow, I don't know how you allowed me in, but I'm in the group and, uh, yes, you are. <laughs> and, and, and it's fun and all of that. I do think it's maybe a high percentage women. I think you let some, some, Oh, men I let a few guys in, but, but, but my one person is female. I have one person, but I do have men in my courses. I've got yes. men in my courses. So I let you guys in. Well, very good then. We'll go check that out. We'll make sure we have all the links down and all the notes and all of that. So, Mary, we are seek, go, create here. Those three words. Let me give you one of those mm. words. 
that either resonates with you or you just dig it right now and why. And that's my last question before I wrap up. Okay, seek, seek. I, I wanted it to be go. I did. I wanted to be uh, create, but seek. And it's really seek the heart of Jesus. It's the beginning of what we do. It is the heartbeat of what we do. Seek his will for your life. Because when you find that, that's where you're going to find that peace. So seek. Mm, I like that. And I think it kind of helps us with that humility thing we were talking earlier. At least it helps yes. me. There's a reason it's first in the <laughs> podcast. Mary Schneider, thank you. What a great conversation. Listen, one of the things I want to say for folks listening in, check out all that she said. Go join the Facebook group, especially if you've got a nudging that there's a message in you that you need to share. Go do that. But I actually believe that many of you know someone that needs to listen in on this. You either know someone that, boy, she or he needs to share something or share their message. So make sure Mm. that you share this, either if you're on your podcast, take a screenshot, share this episode, or if you're on one of the socials or YouTube, just share it, invite somebody in. I think they will get a lot out of it. So I enjoyed the conversation. It was awesome. And uh, we have new episodes every Monday. Until next time, continue being all that you were created to be. Thank you.